Welcome to the Fairly Horns Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 8. And what a doozy of a show that we have for you today. I've got a bunch lined up. We have a special guest that's going to be joining us. RGB3, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing a lot better than some Sooner that just got his fucking bell rung um, and his face smeared across some piss-stained floor. Um, so, you know, by some kid that was like, shorter than Jose Altuve. So uh, I'm doing good in comparison. I mean, his face got as fucked up as Tiger Woods' leg. <laughs> is that too soon i don't know <laughs> yeah well don't worry i'll i'm, I'm wearing red i'm wearing oh red. then you're good yeah. you're yeah it's not sunday but yeah either way we're still good but yeah i mean that guy got demolished that guy got absolutely pulverized and he was thinking he was a fucking cock of the walk just you know some six three football player and some little five five ufc fighter guy just decided to put his dick in the fucking dirt <laughs> When you're supremely confident that you can just beat the shit out of somebody and they are like talking to their friend very nonchalant and calmly, you should probably rethink your position on like what's about to go down because either that guy is crazy, which is, is so you're going to have to knock him out cold or he's going to like, you know, bite your ankles off or something, or he knows something that you don't know. Yep. Like either he has a knife or a gun or can just knock you the fuck Whoop out. Whoop your fucking ass. Yeah. And one of those things happened and he got his ass fucking rocked. I mean, rocked. both of those guys did. And they just got they just got fucking handled. They got fucking handled. <laughs> and there are a lot of places I've put my face before. Um a a, a bathroom at a bar is not one I will ever put my face on. That is problematic. I mean, if he wasn't, if he didn't have COVID already, I don't know if you can get COVID through piss, but he got COVID through piss in that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh, my God. Oh yeah. So that happened that, I mean, I, I, I honestly just can't believe that it just was on the internet for everyone to see how stupid this fucking guy is. Perfect video quality. That guy might have had just one of those big shoulder mount cameras filming it. Like it was perfect. Like usually, you you know, you hear about a bar fight in Oklahoma and it's some dude with a Motorola razor that's, you know, barely get like clipping along with the with their video, you know, phone um, taking, you know, 16 byte pictures. Uh, this was high quality. This was high def. And that's what you want, you know, with you could see the piss splash off the floor when the guy's head bounced against how the does, cement. How does nobody just like have 500 bucks to give whoever filmed that and just be like, give me your phone. I'm going to delete it. Here's 500 bucks. Like, yeah, oh. it's Oklahoma. Met, you know, meth's running dry right now. They had the ice storm, you know, people aren't buying as much as they usually are. So it's, you know, they're 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 they're, they're struggling, you know, if if if. Uh, that guy that was filming it took uh, EBT. He, I'm sure um, that that he'd be covered in the in the video. Be deleted, but uh, here we are, and we got to just enjoy just a thing of beauty. Um, a sooner getting pulverized into a puddle of piss. Nothing better than that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
for those of you who don't go into the Sixth Street Journal board, there is uh, now three main threads discussing various different types of uh, investment on the secondary market, aka stonks. Um, so there's a stonks thread. There's to the moon. The, yeah, GME. there's the, the the penny stonks thread, and then there's a another derivatives thread. Um, and it's funny because uh, I never thought in a million years that the biggest driver for Surlyhorn subscriptions would be um, a, a gambling addicts to the, the stonk market. It's a problem. <laughs> so, and I'm one of them. I'm one of them. So I oh, were you I, in were you in Rocket Mortgage? No, I was not in Rocket Mortgage. And I hate everybody else in that fucking thread was they were calling it yesterday. Everybody got myself. rich today. They got yeah. rich today. I hate myself. So I, I'm still, I'm on this fucking GME and AMC train and I'm just waiting for it to go to the goddamn moon after everybody promised me it was going to go to the goddamn moon. And here I am just sitting there watching all these rocket mortgage guys, you know, just basically become millionaires in a day. And, uh, you know, we'll see where things end up. I'm, I'm still holding out, you know, diamond hands, baby. Let's go. Oh, Invest man. in GSTAT too. Uh, I'm not a financial advisor. I think I'm supposed to do that. Honestly, I've never invested in stocks before, like, I don't know, 2020. But GSAT, love the stock. So, um, but that's just me. I like the stock. Stonks. So, this is, you know, we're going to have to have a stonk segment from now on. And we've got a, a really good contributor um, in, in Cam for Mav. And some of the other guys that are that are doing a really good job making fuckloads of money, making big trades. Um, so camp camp for Mav, shout out to you, calling out the the rocket mortgage uh, buy signals yesterday made uh, a bunch of people on Surly a bunch of money. Next so, time DM me so I don't miss it, <laughs> yeah, or, or just join the yeah, get in the Discord, um, get in that stonks general. We've got a a, a daily digest. That goes out for the penny stocks. Uh, so, what are you doing this week? Why are we recording early? What's what's the deal with this? Because it turns out I have a real life. So I'm actually I'm going to San Antonio for work. So if anybody's out in San Antonio, um, hit me up. I'll be there Wednesday through Friday of this week. Um, uh, gonna definitely check out Pinkerton's new establishment. Gotta see if those candy paint rips taste any different you know, in San Antoine versus, uh, Houston. So, um, super excited to, uh, try out a new spot. I hear it's just awesome. So, uh, if you are in San Antonio, hit me up. I'll be out there until, uh, at least Friday afternoon. All right. So this is Tuesday. So you'll have to forgive us if something weird happens on Wednesday or Thursday. I bet you we get a commitment. It's going to happen. I've already, I've tripled down in the recruitment thread. I'm quadrupling down. By the time this podcast releases on Friday, we have a recruitment in the bag for Texas. Let's fucking go. All gas, no breaks. All gas, no breaks. Speaking of all gas, no breaks, Brandon Harris is all gas, no breaks. Telling the Rams to get fucked. I don't, I'm not interested in a pro job. I think that this Texas Longhorns program is going places. I share that vision with Steve Sarkeesian and I am staying at the university of Texas. 
Wow. Yeah. So I have got to reiterate how crazy this is. So for people that are underselling, okay, Brandon Harris, he's an assistant, you know, he's a recruiting director. He's an assistant quarterback coach at Texas. That sounds good. He turned down an assistant quarterbacks coach job with Sean McVay, who is the cock of the fucking walk right now in the NFL. If you have graced Sean McVay's presence, you're basically already an offensive coordinator. If you have learned under him, basically everybody's trying to replicate what Sean McVay has done in the NFL. Basically what Brandon Harris did was he was told, hey, Sean McVay wants you, and he told him to go fuck himself. That is crazy. The The thought of that happening is insane. There is no rational human being that would do that unless they firmly believed in what was being built at Texas. And obviously, he believes in all gas, no brakes. This is going to be the best move for my future, my career, who, I mean, he's a young dude. I mean, he was playing for North Carolina and LSU, I don't know, what, four or five years ago? I mean, being attached to Sean McVay is setting yourself up for a head coaching job within the next five years. He believed more in Steve Sarkeesian's vision than he did in Sean McVay's. And that is crazy. So fuck off, Rams. He's ours. Let's go. <laughs> it's starting to show in this this momentum that is here and seemingly here to stay in the 22 and 23 class that that's coming in. It's there's a lot of momentum. There's a lot going on with what Steve Sarkeesian and the the culture that you can see that he's trying to install at the University of Texas. It it didn't feel like the transition from Charlie to Tom where it was like, oh, you know, new guy in town, new coaching style. This just feels like a complete 180, right? There's like a, not just a buzz because every every new coach gets a, a, a little bit of buzz. But what Steve Sarkeesian continues to do and continues to build and continues to have people stay instead of leave for the NFL and has brought a, an incredible coaching staff and the way that he just continues to speak at the pressers that he is holding is like, maybe this guy actually did do some soul searching and like actually has this blueprint for a dynasty that he's going to try out at Texas and he's going to fail miserably in this like year one of that endeavor or, or be successful. It seems like they've given it a lot of thought though. So I'm, I'm super excited. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, I think, I think it all boils down to Sark being, you know, that authentic person that we've seen before and him, you know, laying out a path for Brandon Harris, like, look, okay. You know, if you go to Sean McVay, this is your career path. If you stay with me, this is your career path. And being able to sell that vision of what it would look like underneath him. I mean, and and getting him, you know, it's it basically is a commitment, you know, from your your director of recruiting. Uh, I mean, being able to get that commitment from Brandon Harris is huge. Um, because he was it, you know, he was a desirable dude and he ended up staying with us. And it's the same thing that happened with, with uh, Stan Drayton and the Eagles. You know, people are buying into the vision, even in limited time dealing with Shark. With, it with Sark. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, there's so much former player buzz around the program right now, like way more than I can remember yeah. in any recent history. And I don't know how much that is from like just being inviting or, or what it is, but there's definitely this like thing that's happening 
around. Anyway, let's talk about something else that is uh, kind of funny. I don't know. my So my wife uh, actually told me about this because I that's how like not interested in Tom Herman I am. I've told Google to like not interested, you know, like or you can like downvote things. Yeah. I've Dislike, like downvoted yeah. the shit out of Tom Herman to where like Tom Herman news doesn't even show up <laughs> in my feed anymore. He doesn't show up on my Twitter. He doesn't yeah. show up in my Google Discover. He doesn't show up anywhere. And uh, so my wife actually broke I mean, the news to me um, that Tom Herman, <laughs> Tom Herman got a job with the Chicago Bears. Was it really a job, though? Like it's an. It's like an offensive analyst in charge of special projects or something like that, where it's just like, what is that special project? Like planning birthday parties for the players or like, like how involved is this guy on the fucking football side? Like he, you know, he's in charge of the outlook reminders for the team's training. Like it, I think it, I, it speaks volumes that this guy, first of all, I can't imagine. I don't think he's ever going to get another job in college football because I don't think his shtick of, you know, the piss charts and the burnt bacon and all that bullshit plays with, you know, these 18 year old, 19 year old kids. I think that he's going to go, oh, I'm going to be an offensive genius for, you know, in the NFL. Now, my guess is he's probably going to end up an offensive coordinator next year. Um, Then he's probably going to get fired from that when they realize he's just coaches a stagnant, terrible offense that nobody enjoys watching or, you know, or paying for. And then he'll end up being a, yeah. And then he'll be another quarterback coach in the NFL. And he's just going to bounce around like that until eventually he retires. My wife was like, why is he working? He's getting paid $15 million <laughs> to do nothing. Why is he working? To not do anything. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know, sweetie. I don't know why he's working. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> my boss listens to podcasts you know what if if you decide to pay me 15 million dollars to just sit at home i'm just i promise you i'll sit at home thank you <laughs> and then we've got casey horny thank god fuck you casey horny you rape apologist you piece of fucking baylor shit how how did he last this We're long rid of the shit stains we're rid of the shit stains it's what a breath of fresh air it, you know, people will talk all, you know, people will say shit about Jeff Banks and, you know, people will say shit about Bo Davis. You know, they might be dirty recruiters or they might be, you know, marrying fucking strippers. I don't care about that. Casey Horney, you, sir, condoned rape. That is not a pl- there. That is not even close to, you know, when we're, we're when we're on the moral scale of things, you are not close to. Just, oh, hey, I gave this struggling family $80,000 to play football for my school. It is disgusting. The fact that he remained throughout te- throughout Tom Herman's tenure is disgusting to me. Fuck you. Fuck off. Well said. Well said. Well said. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. So, on to baseball. We actually found bats. We found bats. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. I just yep. smashing the ball. You know what? Maybe when we're not playing like top five teams in the country, we might actually be okay. So I feel a little, you know, talked off the ledge at this point. 
Um, you know, I was, I went from firing David Pierce a week, <laughs> two weeks ago to, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give him to the end of the season. So, but we'll see if he loses another one, who knows, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be right back on the fire. David I'm, Pierce I'm really hoping, <laughs> um, I'm really hoping that the people really are pretty well vaccinated by the end of March or, and like the, the middle of April, especially in Austin. Cause I'd, I'd love to start going to some of those games that go to so any sporting fun. event those at this games point. Are so fun. And you know, they, it looks like they're doing a decent job when you see on TV the, of getting people spread out and stuff, but I'm still hyper paranoid. I mean, shit, we, we got opened up today by good old Abbott. So who knows? <laughs> Texas, hundred percent, hundred percent. No cloakroom. We're not going to get into open. that. <laughs> if if you guys didn't know, Texas is now open for business, but there's still coronavirus. Cut coronavirus that. is still here. <laughs> it's still in Texas. It's, it's still in the United States. It's still all over the world. So you can you yeah. can do all of the things at hundred percent capacity, but you should be COVID conscious while you're doing them. Basketball. We suck, but we, we yeah we, we suck. We, but, I'm but, yeah we we kind of suck. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm starting to think that bringing Dirk on the podcast was a jinx. <laughs> he ruined it. He ruined it. He ruined it. it. He talked it all about how this is a. They're playing great defense, and this is the best I've ever seen them play. And then, yeah, and then he ended up. I mean, the tech game we got absolutely massacred. I mean, we. I. I literally put it in our notes. Tech. Tech game. We suck. And then today we beat Iowa State, but it's Iowa State. I honestly, I, I, I'm not, I'm not super confident. I, I, last week, even I was pretty confident uh, in making it past the first week of the tournament. I, I don't, I don't know that Texas gets out of the first weekend of the tournament. I don't know if we get it out of the first game. I mean, depending on where we, where we're seated. I mean, if we're like a six ten matchup or a five twelve matchup, or yeah, I don't. I mean, I could. I mean, if you told me that Texas lost the first game, I wouldn't be shocked. If you told me we made it out of the first weekend, I wouldn't be shocked. So it's at this point, it's just like let's get to the tournament and let's see what happens. But until then, I mean, I'm not confident in anything. But we got that sweep on Kansas. But we got that sweep on Kansas, though. <laughs> we did. Fuck those guys. <laughs> oh. Either way, I mean, Shaka, I mean, Shaka's future is going to be decided the next by the end of the month. Oh yeah, Shaka. We'll we'll know whether or not Shaka is going to be coaching at Texas by mid-April, um, for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. A, that's a. I have high hopes, but at, at this point, you're almost like. Just get it over with. <laughs> yeah, just wait for just the shoe to drop. Yeah, you know, like I've just seen too many games where it's just been too close or I don't know how they're getting worse. That's the thing that pisses me off the most is I, I keep saying that and I just die. They're getting worse. They're getting worse as a team. They're they're getting worse at layups. They're getting worse at free throws. Yeah. Like how do you get worse over the think, course of a season? I think it's got to be coaching. It's getting out coached at that point. You know, it's it's other teams figuring you out. And I think Shaka changed things up enough at the start of the year and then he doesn't he's just not a good enough coach to figure out how to overcome his shortcomings again. Um I I don't know. At this point, I mean, all you can do is just sit back and watch and just see what happens. 
because um, we're definitely not as hopeful. I thought this would be a, bo- a basketball podcast. By <laughs> yeah, I thought we were. Yeah, I, I, I we're we're gonna be a baseball podcast. Yeah, we gotta be. Fun. Yeah, you're yeah. fucking track and field. Oh yeah, God we're damn. Yeah, pretty good at track and field right now. <laughs> Tracking pretty well in a bunch of sports in Texas. Uh, just not the yeah. not the ones that pay all the bills. Well, I guess they still pay the bills because everybody nope. still buys the merch. But yeah, that's fair. All right, so what do we got in the transfer portal? Not a ton. Doesn't look like anything's still popping off. Um, Inside Texas says that we are leading for Ben Davis, who is an inside linebacker from Alabama. He's a former five-star. He's like top 10 player in the damn nation Um, two, three years ago. um, Inside Texas basically just put out an article saying like, oh, yeah, he's in. Like, it absolutely happened. Like, he's in. And then um, old uh, oatmeal cream pie puta, uh, (laughs) Jeff Ketchum. (laughs) is is rejecting that um so we'll see who ends up being you know in this battle this source off but um either way texas is in the mix for ben davis who would be a seeming juan mitchell replacement um in our starting lineup so that's probably not a bad thing so um other than that portal's pretty quiet at least for now i think spring practices once those start kicking off and start rolling um, we'll see a little more action there. So we've got a really special guest today on the podcast. Uh, let's give a warm welcome to On a Computer. How are you doing today? I don't know how special I am. I, I don't feel that special, but uh, I appreciate the warm welcome. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, our resident 995-er on, on the Surly Boards. I know hey, the rest hey, of them are incognito. 695-er. 695, oh, it's 695 please. So it's the, it's, so you're the cheaper version. Exactly. Surly, yes. The surly discount is what we call exactly. that. <laughs> Just, yeah. For those that don't know, uh, you know, the football brainiacs um, on a computer, he's one of the main contributors there. Uh, I'll let you introduce yourself more if you want or less if you want, or we can just jump into talking about some crudes. No, no, sure. Yeah. I, I, I work with uh, the football brainiacs work for them uh, alongside CJ Vogel, Super K, Charles, Charlie Stewart, um, and, and Darius Terrell. Of course, those those guys are those guys do a wonderful job. They do a lot more than I do on the site, especially recently. Uh, so you know, go ahead if you're not following those guys on the socials, you're missing out on a lot of uh, good Longhorn news. Yeah, for sure. And I gotta I gotta speak up. I gotta say, you guys were the uh, the best at the coaching search easily. At the best of the coaching certain y'all killed recruiting you guys are the only ones that broke anything yeah y'all broke pk which i still i mean hats off that was crazy i mean nobody had pk on the on their radar at all and y'all broke it insane that was super k and then i came in and he was like can you confirm this i was like sure okay <laughs> um and I went to. <laughs> Is that how you confirmed it? You were just like, "Yeah, it sounds sounds good." Yeah, no, okay, cool. Uh, that, I can I can confirm that's pretty dope. But uh, that's that's about all I could do. Now I went I went I was like one of one of my guys in in Washington. I was like, "Hey." Is this legit? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I can, I can confirm it, I guess. Run with but, it. Um, <laughs> there's that or, you know, him calling Steve Sarkeesian back in early December. That was insane. Yeah. Forever ago. Yeah. Uh, those were all crazy, crazy calls by Kareem, honestly. Yep. Uh, big props to that guy. He, he, he killed it. Yeah, he really did. Yeah. I mean, Sark wasn't really on it 
many people's radar. Yeah, what flight tracker does he use? Yeah, <laughs> he's putting uh, Derpy Horn Dog to shame yeah. with the flight tracker. He he has a bulletin board that is unlike anything I have ever seen. The amount of string on that bulletin board. It, it would put Charlie. Oh, who's the guy from? Uh, it's always sunny. Charlie, Charlie put Day. Charlie to yeah. shame. <laughs> Pepe Silvia, Pepe Silvia. <laughs> oh, he man. has so many conspiracy theories going. It would put the politics board at Texas A Texags to shame. Oh, that's that's just a QAnon thread. That's that's all that is at Texags. <laughs> <It's... laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. They they deleted all posts before like some time and like. 2020 they just erased everything how soft cancel culture am i right yeah we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna moderate uh because our our board can't self-moderate because everybody here's a racist piece of shit so we're <laughs> imagine just gonna many, erase we're just gonna erase and change history imagine how many carls are on that thread just <laughs> just begging to be negged but oh man and hey also shout out uh your podcast uh easily the second best log longhorn podcast i've ever heard uh fourth and five i listen to it every week whenever we can do it right yeah uh definitely get a lot less uh consistent when it's in the off season when darius and i can do it uh but it's yeah i appreciate it been working on it since i was in college and uh it's grown it's grown quite a bit so awesome. i appreciate the uh shout out yeah thanks for coming on ours but yeah, let's talk about some crutes. Let's tweet out. We, we only miss podcasts whenever there's uh, large scale natural disasters. Oh uh, yeah, I mean y'all y'all are a lot more dedicated to the craft than I am. Then I and I get it. I understand. Well, you should see how many times we've canceled because one of us got too drunk. So <laughs> again, dedicated to the craft. It's all for content. But let's 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 tweet at some crutes or at least talk about them. Dedicated to the craft. Let's talk about chasing 17 to 18 year old kids around all over the country, trying to get them to come to Texas. They had some of them follow him to bathrooms. Taylor Ham, who, you know, I know you're listening. So, <laughs> Of course, of course. We got some big news uh, this week. Back to back commits. Mm -hmm. Some out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, we got to start with the big one. I mean, Ruben Owens. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, Ruben Owens, uh, if you heard, if you listened to our, our show on 40th and 5, uh, Darius had talked to his father and got got the inside there and was saying, hey, Ruben's been wanting to commit since he was a freshman in high school. He's he's wanted to really put his name out there. He's a big name kid. He's, you know, he likes the spotlight and he liked Stan Drayton. He really did. So with all that put together, Stan Drayton was able to really put himself in front and Stan Drayton just by being the great recruiter that he is at this point. I mean, he's by far one of the best in the nation as a recruiter in general, was able to convince Ruben Owens that Texas was the place and Ruben Owens committed on this. You know, he, he was able to do that. I, I don't know how confident I am in that commitment uh, because again, it's 2023 and we have, what is it? 20 months uh, yeah, about 20 months until that is set in stone pen the paper but you know it's it's nice to have the commitment here right now texas they can hold on to it it's now in their hands it's in their hands all they have to do is win if they can win then reuben owens is not just a big name in the class but you know a sign of things to come because 
having a big name kid in your class, that big of a name in your class that early is going to, you know, turn some heads. It's going to have other players in the state, in the nation be like, oh, you know, top player there is going to this school. Well, maybe I'll follow him. Right. Or these guys are all at these camps, you know, the opening, the Under Armour, the All-American games. Right. And they talk to each other. They are roommates and stuff like that. Having a big name kid who already knows where he's going. It, it actually works. It works very well in the favor of the school that has that big name kid. Yeah, it's every, it's everything Quinn Ewers was supposed to be for us. You know, yeah. when Quinn Ewers committed, you know, it it was that that Ewers effect, the 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 Tate Martell effect, or whatever the hell the Aggies wanted. Um, you know, it, it is, but it's it's true. I mean, I think back to when um, we had Herman, and that I think it was an Under Armour All American camp where. Um, Texas didn't have a single commit going to the camp. And that's when you saw B. John Robinson. He was silently committed to Ohio State. I think Vernon Broughton was leaning to to uh, A&M. Um, Alfred Collins was leaning towards Alabama just because these kids are just sitting there talking and there's zero Texas representation. So mm-hmm. being able to see, you know, um, these seven on seven tournaments and uh, being able to see, you know, a guy like Ruben Owens, Jaden Blue, um, Evan Stewart, who has, you know, a million damn TikTok Malik Murphy. Calls. Yeah, Malik Murphy throwing just fucking ropes. Um, you know, it's 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 crazy to see, you know, the representation. In the DMs, you mean. Yeah. Ropes in the DMs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh I mean, yeah, huge commit. Uh it it will be a battle to, you know, to keep him in in the fold, but all gas no breaks. I think we're going to have a great season and as long as we do that and, you know, especially look good with how Bijan Robinson's going to be running the ball. I mean, I don't think we have a ton to worry about, you know, um, as long as, you know, things stay on the on the up and up. I'd rather have him committed now than, you know, taking a bunch of visits to a bunch of different places being uncommitted. So, you know, even if he does happen to visit, you know, Alabama as a Texas commit, you know, I feel a little more secure than if he was uncommitted um, visiting, you know, a school like Alabama or Ohio State. I can't say it's it's pretty nice to have at least let's say that the next two or three years play out the way that they, you know, everything set in stone today. It's quite, quite a stable of running. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that is getting built up here at Texas. I mean, yeah, everybody was, give, you know, knocking Drayton as, as a recruiter after he, you know, he missed out on Noah Kane. So he got Keontae Ingram, um, best running back in Texas. You can't knock him there Then he missed out on Noah Kane because Tom Herman cussed him out on the phone the morning before he's supposed to commit. Allegedly, I guess I think. And they were just not very well. You know, they didn't have a good strategy there in terms of running back recruiting in that class. Yeah. They're still going after Trey Sanders for no reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and now you're looking at Drayton and, you know, golf clap. Sorry, buddy. I know you're listening to the podcast and he's probably in shambles right now. Just, um, seeing the success that Drayton's had. Nobody's knocked him more than he has. And, uh, I mean, you see Jaden blue, who's going to be, I think he's going to be a five-star um in this class he's easily the best he 24 7 ranked him as the number one running back and i think he's definitely up there um in five-star conversation um to get these backs back to back to back i mean you're talking about three out of the past four years getting the number one running back in the country possibly it's like jonathan gray and then malcolm brown or is it malcolm brown and then jonathan gray right yep Let's hope they pan out a little better, but hey, I'll still take it. <laughs> I was like plagued by injury. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that injury and incompetence. 
productivity, insane productivity from both of those guys whenever they were healthy. And, th- and that's the thing with Bijan. We don't know what it's like for Bijan to have more than four touches in, in a game, <laughs> yeah. except for the one. <laughs> I actually didn't know it was legal to just feed the studs. Yeah. 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 I didn't know that you could just uh, run the touchdown. Yeah. Play, uh, constantly. Yeah. Turns out putting the ball in the hands of your best players is a good thing. Who knew? Obviously not Tom Herman. But yeah, I think Ruben Owens, if he sticks around with Texas, is going to be a very good compliment to Jaden Blue. I think he's got the speed. He's got burst. Jaden Blue is a lot is a little bit more sturdier as a runner. Uh, both of them, you know, are very similar molds of running back. But I think you have a lot more of a bruiser. Not a not a bruiser but a lot more of a bruiser than owens in blue and owens while he does have some very great speed top end speed i think i'm really more impressed with his ability to get to that speed right whenever i think about players i think about them in terms of the madden sliders and i would say owens's acceleration is through the charts off the charts right i think that's what i'm i'm really impressed about is yeah he can take a few hits and stay up he can he has a low center of balance he's got a good stocky build that you can build on but what i really am impressed with is his ability to get to his top top end speed which is great and it makes people i mean like he's not gonna beat brennan uh brennan thompson in a race but he is able to beat out a, a safety or a cornerback by just being able to get to that top end speed as quickly as he as he does. Yeah, and, it, and it's making people miss, you know, even if it isn't, you know, having that, you know, juking ability of Bijan Robinson. But you kind of sound like, you know, describe Bijan Robinson where it is, um, you know, he's not going to be able to score a 75 yard touchdown. Um you know, running against safeties, you know, unless something happened, you know, in the backfield. But he um he has that burst to get to the second level faster than the linebackers and the defensive lineman behind him. And he find that crease and that vision um, to, you know, be able to put up big yards, even if he doesn't have that absolute game breaker, you know, breakaway speed, like a Brennan Thompson, like you're talking, you know, even if he is, you know, a, a 11 to 100 guy, he's, he's still going to be able to, to break into that second level and then make safeties and cornerbacks that are the guys chasing him pay, and, you know, be able to, you know, put a hurting on him still. So, um, I mean, I think it's a fantastic commitment I, and he looks awesome. And I, and he doesn't have a lot of, um, a lot of uh, wear and tear so far, you know, obviously he's just got done with his sophomore year, but, um, he's sharing carries right now, which I think bodes well. I mean, that was always, you know, Jonathan Gray's problem is Alito burn him to hell, um, running him 50 times a game. So, um, it'll be, it'll be- but he did run for more yards than like any running back ever in the state of Texas. <laughs> That's true. He definitely did that, but he earned it. <laughs> he fucking earned it. Yeah. I, I'm talking about Alito. Talking about Alito. Yeah. Segways. Brian Allen Jr. Brian yeah. Allen Jr. Holy shit. Was Jonathan Gray the last Alito guy that we've gotten? I think it had. I mean, we had Jojo Earl that we were talking to, but other than that, I can't even imagine another Alito guy in the conversation. There was Jace McClellan, Texas was talking to. Yeah. There's probably somebody I'm not thinking about right now, but yeah, no, Alito has been a tricky one for Texas for sure. Brian Allen Jr. is a very nice change to that for Texas fans. I think he's one of the best safeties in Texas, if not Texas, uh, you know, one of the best in the country. Top two in Texas. I think if you're going by what 24-7 calls a safety, you like Bryce Anderson a little bit better, but he's a nickel in Texas. 
Agreed. I think Brian Allen is more of your field side safety or bound ba- ba- could be boundary safety. Boundary. Yeah, he's, that's what I pegged him. He's more of a guy who you leave in the backfield and is uh center fielder. Yep. Not as instinctive as a guy like Caden Stearns, a little bit less, but uh probably a better tackler, a guy who can come up. He's not gonna lay the wood like DeMarvin Overshone did or BJ Foster did, but he's a sure tackler. He can diagnose plays very well. I, I really like the guy in space. His hands could use work. I mean, he's not going to wow you with mine too. pulling in a one-handed <laughs> interception or anything, but you know, I could eat my words. My thought when I was watching his huddle, he reminded me of a a decent blend of Caden Stearns and BJ Foster. You know, it's kind of a it's kind of a good mix between the both of them. You know, because Caden Stearns. Um, he wasn't going to come up and smack you. And BJ Foster wants nothing but to come up and smack you. Um, so I thought it was a good blend um, and being able to, you know, be versatile in the scheme. You know, obviously we haven't seen what Gideon and and Joseph and how they're going to kind of intermix their their corners and safeties. Um, obviously, you've seen it in PK's defense, but um, it, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, their versatility plays um with guys like Allen and Bryce Anderson, who, you know, we'll get into a little bit later, but being able to inter interchange those and, and, and to have that multiple front that PK is looking for. Uh, it's also a nice recruiting game yeah. early for Gideon making waves. I think this is, he's, he's kind of an unknown. People love him at Texas. People hate. <laughs> we don't play, talk about that. We don't talk about general. <laughs> I saw that play in a, in a, highlight reel the other day of like biggest plays in the 2000s and i just oh. i turned it off just know that we are going to see that play no less than three times on tv during the season there's no way that they're not going to talk about a safety drops a ball or a safety misses a tackle and they're just going to show blake gideon like hey, snap zoom to blake gideon oh god just immediately on the sidelines and he's just going to be staring. Then he's there. He's going to be fucking His grand staring. slam stare. <laughs> With this fucking jaw. Uh, but, I mean, looks like this guy can recruit. That's what it looks like. It definitely looks like this yeah. guy can coach. It, that's what, I mean, he was the Ole Miss, you know, uh, or was it U of H or Ole Miss where he won special teams coach of the year? Um, and then, you know, Kiffin had nothing but praise for him. And I, I think on the recruiting trail, he's looking like a fucking rainmaker, um, which, you know, his dad has those those high school football ties. So um, or Texas high school football ties. So uh, you'd imagine that he would, you know, become a pretty good recruiter. But I'm impressed so far. Well, here's how he can talk to these kids is he was a two star guy, right? He knows the game. He can say, here's how I learned the game. Here's, you know, I've done this. I've gone from being a guy who, you know, needed a lot of development and was able to use my smarts of the game to build myself and to build myself into a full-time starter when they were recruiting five stars behind me. Here's what I, I can do that for you. That's a pretty basic pitch to these guys. Uh, throw in some charisma, throw in some, you know, flash and glitter and boom. Life Commits. experience too. You know, Austin life experience, man, when I was a safety at the university of Texas, the ladies, you know, you know, the, the, the life, you know, being able to walk on a sixth street and you know, that glitz and glamor, like you were saying, just being able to say, man, I was a two star coming into this and this is how my four years played out. You know, imagine you coming into this and seeing how your four years play out. He's played for championships. I think that's all you got to lay down is. Last time I was at Texas, I was playing for championships. This time at Texas, we're playing for championships. 
Yep, absolutely. That's and it. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to see how this recruiting class plays out and, and what comes. I mean, right now we're the number four class in the country um, with a lot of, you know, kind of heavy leans. Um, and, you know, I kind of wanted to go through the class and talk about what commitments we had, um, kind of how, um, you know, who's leaning, who's leaning where, what other names should we should be on our radar um, coming up. And, you know, obviously we got the big one already, the quarterback in the class, uh, Malik Murphy. Uh, the future Tom Brady, at least if you judge it off of what high school they went to. <laughs> but um, I mean, Malik Murphy, he's just, I mean, he, he looks like a stud. I can't wait to see him in, in, in live game. Um, obviously that's the only knock that people have on him at this point, but between seven on seven and just overall, you know, skill talent, he looks like the five star that he's currently billed as. Yeah. I mean, I'm hesitant with him until I see film. I use uh, an app uh, called, I believe it's NFHS. Yeah. NFHS network to watch these kids tape. There's no tape at all of Malik Murphy. He's been gone for a year and a half, almost two, right? I'll be interested to watch him when California starts in the spring. Well, I guess they should be starting pretty soon here, but until then, I'm going to be very hesitant to praise a guy who's in shorts with no pressure, uh, who has all the time in the world and uh, doesn't have to look over and off the line or through defenses. Yeah, for sure. Pressure is the big thing for me, um, seeing how he handles it, you know, especially guys coming up in his face. Um, you know, obviously he has the size, he has the arm, he has everything else. It is it is going to be see how, you know, he handles coming up, somebody coming from directly up the gut. Um, and, and how he adapts to that, how he's able to, to, to move, um, is a big thing for me as well. I mean, but what if he's just like Ben Roethlisberger? He like could be, just, I mean, he's a like big roll off of him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, he's enormous. I hope they do because I mean, my comp for him, um, was, uh, uh Dante Culpepper. I thought he fed and then Ben Roethlisberger as well. He kind of, or even a Joe Flacco. Um, where he has that huge size, that elite, big arm, elite. Yeah. yeah, Joe Flacco. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, elite or not elite, I'm going elite Malik Murphy. So <laughs> I have I have high hopes, and it is going to be fun to watch him in the spring. I already uh, subscribed to the stupid California six game fucking monthly pass or whatever, so I can watch him and make an unin- uninformed opinion, um, like I usually do on the podcast. <laughs> of course, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and then you know, Quinn Quinn Ewers is apparently committed to Ohio State, but that's hey, think that's dead, dead. Are you asking me? Either one of you. I would say you know, there's still a chance, right? Nothing's so nothing's dead until chance. it's dead. <laughs> nothing's dead until it's dead. I would say you know, I, ta- I was talking about this with Darius on our show, and I was saying you know maybe yours right if yours comes back, do you do you immediately give him a spot? And if Malik Murphy looks good. You, you know, do you, you know, shit on him for his loyalty and helping you build the class or it take Quinn Ewers or do you take the, the you know, the, the once in a time generational talent and shit on a guy who is, you know, is still very good? I think you can sell it. I think you can sell it, especially I if uh, yeah, I think I Murphy was probably told that, hey, look, this is going to be a two quarterback class. We don't know what that second quarterback is yet. Is it, you know, a Josh Hoover? Is it a, you know, Klubnik committed today, but, you know, is it... You're not getting, you're not getting Quinn Ewers and Malik Murphy. Let me stop you there. Probably, but you forgot all gas, no breaks. All gas, no breaks. So... Two five-star quarterbacks. <laughs> you're breaking right now. gas, no breaks. Yeah, you're breaking right now, where I'm just trying to <laughs> slam on the gas, baby. So we're... 
I can agree. We're we're probably not getting that, but I'm saying you can easily kind of transition that conversation to, hey, we told you there's going to be a second quarterback on the class to maybe, you know, he Malik would find another soft landing spot. But the other thing that people aren't thinking of is if you do take yours, the Arch Manning dream, and it is a dream, the Arch Manning dream is dead. Um, but if you don't, and it is Malik, I think the Arch Manning dream is alive. Um, so, you know, the, at least there is kind of a silver lining, even though it's, you know, it might be fucking tinfoil, but it is some kind of silver lining because his sophomore huddle came out today and wow, it's 23 minutes long as a quarterback. It's crazy. So I don't know. It's, it's, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, and that's you know, the long con right there. That's it the is long a very con. long con. But it's all gas, no brakes. So, you know, you, you got to just keep thinking gassing down 2023 at this point. And I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, Hell, I man, think, there's a seventh grader I saw throwing rockets like, yeah. damn, quit hey, yours. If we get him. Hey, some kid committed to uh, to a high school the other day, a fifth grader or like a middle schooler committed to a to a high school the other day. So, yeah, I committed to Texas in high school, too. <laughs> or I committed to Texas in middle school, too. Do you remember uh, that time where Tate Martell committed to Steve Sarkeesian at University of Washington? <laughs> so we actually discovered this whenever we were yeah. sitting all Live over on that the video he I put out when he was crying. About that. He committed. So we think it's a long game. He's actually in the, in the portal and he's going to end up at Texas. Okay, that makes sense. He's taking Kai Money snaps next year. Just mark it down and put him on the roster. <laughs> Damn, I'm I'm about it. So we already we already talked about Jaden Blue. Who who else in that class is still a possibility? Is there another running back to go after? Is that it? Jamari Miller potentially. Uh, you also have Devoris Jones out of El Paso, and he's a beast. Uh, you know, if they could pull, if Stan Drayton could pull into Devoris Jones alongside Jaden Blue then I mean, extend the guy for the rest of his life because that's insane. Uh, But to Jamari Miller is a, is a guy who's a little bit more speedier, a little bit more speedier as my English, uh, a little speedier than uh, a Jaden blue. He's got, he's a little bit more of a, he's kind of lanky and he's a little long, but uh, I I do like his, his tape uh, from what I've seen so far. He, I guess you could put some pounds on him, but I, I do. I think he's he's fast. He's out of Tyler, and they're a good team. They play good. They play good teams. Uh, I, I really do like his tape. And if they land him, and that seems to be the guy they're going after, if it's not Jones uh, or Citizen, then that'd be great. Yeah, they do want a big back. That's I mean that's always been Sark's deal too. Um, you know, you you it's look at like the. A bruiser. the yeah, you you want that bruiser to go along with you know Jaden Blue that thunder lightning I guess you know um, like you said Jaden Blue can take a hit but I think they do want you know I don't want to call him a goal line back because they are kind of an all purpose but you know you do want that I guess Lendale White to the Reggie Bush that you have. Uh, I mean, here's the thing: is like I guess I mean that's that's Citizen right? Yeah, but Citizen's going to LSU. I mean, for sure, almost <laughs> guaranteed. Yeah, him and especially Moss is looking to go out of state. Well, right? unless they lose all their scholarships. I mean, geez. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's going to be difficult to find a guy like that. I mean, right now, I guess yeah. he's a top end, uh, you know, the best running backs in the nation right now are more scat backish. I mean, we look at like Relic Brown uh, or I forget the other guy. Um, guy's playing slot next year. Guaranteed. Yeah. He's yeah, Relic Brown back. or you're looking at uh, Gavin Swachuk or, 
or guys like that. I mean, Emmanuel Henderson is, is a little bit more of a bruiser, but also, I mean, he's just, he's kind of crazy when he runs. Uh, Jaden Blue, he's a little bit of a bruiser, but not really. I mean, he can take a hit, right? We, we've already talked about him, but yeah, I don't know if there's anybody who's like a Lendale White. I don't know if that's a thing these days. I mean, it could be. You could, you could maybe get another Trent Richardson or something like that. They go in, grow him into defensive ends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like a guy that looks like a refrigerator in the backfield. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, even looking at a guy like in Texas, Emeka Megwa, I mean, uh, he plays running back, but if Texas was going to take his commitment, it would probably be at linebacker, inside linebacker. Uh, yeah. You really don't see those guys as much anymore. You know what? If there was any time to bring back the fullback, it'd be during all gas, no breaks. No, uh, OU. OU's already brought back the fullback, man. They, it's true. they use the fullback pretty regularly. They have basically two tight You know, there, there's the H-back, and they have two, basically. There's the one that's more of a tight end, and there's one that's more of a fullback. They yep. they brought back the fullback already. Hey, OU's hey and our boy, our boy Kyle Shanahan, he's brought back the fullback. I mean, use check, and it, it, it's a tight end fullback offense, which is just insane in, in today's world. But, mm-hmm. I mean, use check and Kittle. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's how that offense goes. I mean, I think that's, that's where you are with your running back is, is yeah. Uh, those, those guys I just know, I just mentioned, but yeah, we got to get to wide receiver. Cause that's easily the deepest position um, in 2022, in my opinion. And we got a lot of names out there to talk about. Um, we already have two. Uh, my favorite commit in the class. I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. Evan Stewart. Um, and it's not because I follow his TikTok. My niece has taught me what TikTok is. Um, I still have not created an account, but he has a million followers. That alone's impressive. Um, but his huddle's twice as impressive. That guy is fucking lightning. Um, and then we have Armani Winfield, who committed at halftime in the national championship game. Um, hmm. Another stud receiver. Um, hmm. And then we got a ton of names to talk about. It's just where do you want to go, and, and what do you have a, a realistic shot at? Like I love Kevin Coleman, right? I mean, I'm I'm a big guy. I like I like St. Louis. I do. I mean, it's, I'm I'm taking right? I'm taking some some side pride from uh, Luther Burden and Kevin Coleman being the one two number one and number two wide receivers in the nation, both from St. Louis. I like Coleman being the class, but I think Alabama is probably your best for sure bet there. Uh, Caleb Burton's going to be hard to pull away from Ohio State. Was catching passes from Malik Murphy this weekend. To yeah, he noted. was. I mean, they're so. going to be able to stay in his ear because he's literally within earshot of DKR. It's it's hard. It's going to be hard to pull a guy away from an Ohio State commitment after seeing what they've done with Jackson Smith, Nigba, and Garrett Wilson. You didn't have to say either of those names on this podcast. We still have terrible feelings about Drew Maringer. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, Evan Stewart, man, it's, it's a really great to get a guy like that because not only is he a great wide receiver who fits what Steve Sarkeesian likes to do is, which is use wide receivers on the move. And he's a guy who can move and catch on the move. He's very versatile and where you can use him, right? You can give him the ball on sweeps. You can use him on the outside as Z. You can use him in the inside as a slot. You can put him in the backfield. You can have him as, you know, you can have him in special teams. He's a guy you use all over the field. And I, I mean, that's one of the reasons he's rated so highly is just his ability to with and without the ball to do just crazy stuff on film. Yeah, it was crazy to me how many passes on his huddle were behind the line of scrimmage and that he just turned into something. And that's mm-hmm. that's always something that I'm looking for is not, you know, it's great seeing these guys like Caleb Burton, you know, going up tall, you know, going up big um, with their with their long verticals. But, you know, the, would you rather have Colin Johnson or would you rather have Jalen Waddle? Yeah, I mean, 
one of the reasons that you see so many of these uh, these guys, these coaches going to the screen game is it's consistent and it's very risk averse. Yep. If I could tell you, yeah, you know, a pitch play that's going to give you on average five to seven yards for your All first right. play of the of the drive, or you know, if, you know, you get a new set of downs, I can guarantee you five to seven yards without uh, you know putting the ball really in any danger. I would do that eight times out of ten. Why wouldn't you? It makes yeah. it makes total sense. And having a guy who's actually dangerous out of that is you know, like Evan Stewart is a, a boon. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, we you know we got to talk more about speed. So Brandon Thompson looks like he might be following Club Nick now to Clemson. I mean, are you talking about that tweet? Yeah, no, not just the tweet. Just you know, hearing hearing smoke that they're kind of a I don't want to call it a package deal, but um, that he's heavily leaning that way at this point. Um, you know, I heard, you know, Aggie's been all over him. We've been all over him. Um, OU, of course, um, has been all over him. So um, we'll see. I, I can't imagine. I mean, Texas obviously isn't out of it, but. Thompson was always going to be a hard pull, yeah. uh, in my opinion. He's a guy who it wasn't like a immediate pull to Texas. He's also out way the hell out in Spearman. Yeah. I don't know how many people know where Spearman is, but it's basically Oklahoma at this point. We're, we're, Thought it was we're a that. type of gum. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's at the very, very tip top. It's like Burrow, Alaska, but for Texas. So, you know, it might as well be the North pole. So, uh, you know, Spearman's all the way out there. It's, it's almost like, uh, that guy calling, uh, what's his name? Uh, calling lanyards or something. Can't remember his name. As soon as he committed to OU, I kind of went out my head. <laughs> <laughs> or it was it was tech or i don't remember who it was right now but uh he was out he was all the way out he was looking at texas and he's like ah it drives way too far i mean i'm when i drive to lubbock it's an like an eight hour drive or something right nope. it's it's just too crazy so at that point you know it's my little be looking out of state brennan spearman uh brennan, brennan thompson I, I do like the kid a lot i think he's got incredible balance he's got incredible uh you know playmaking ability He's got the speed for days that you just can't coach. But if he does end up at Clemson, at least it's not OU. Yep, for sure. Or Aggie. I mean, and he's, yeah, you're right. He's never felt like a guy that was going to end up in the class. But, um, you know, speaking so much about Oklahoma, um, Jordan Hudson, I don't know why I have such just bold confidence with it, but I feel really confident that Texas is going to flip Jordan Hudson. It would be a blow for Oklahoma. I mean, they already have what the number one guy in the nation and number seven guy in the nation. But uh, I mean, getting a guy like Jordan Hudson would be great, right? He'd be a good outside wide receiver for Texas. Um, you know, it, it would be nice to flip one from Oklahoma. Always is. They usually know how to pick their wide receivers, honestly. Yeah. So you know, if if Oklahoma offers a guy, it's kind of like. If Iowa offers an offensive lineman, you offer that offensive lineman. If Oklahoma offers a wide receiver, you offer that wide receiver. Honestly, right. I mean they've just had so much luck, or you know, under they were so good at evaluating wide receivers that I mean, honestly, it's kind of like a you know follow them at, at some point. Right. Um, so yeah, if they they really like Jordan Hudson enough to take his his commitment, then sure, I'm completely okay with that. Yeah, he was a super buddy buddy with uh, with Malik Murphy at the uh, seven on seven tournament is the word on the street. Um, so um, I know y'all, uh, the football brainiacs, y'all um, had an interview with Malik Murphy and y'all hinted at a third guy. My dumbass speculation was that third guy was Jordan Hudson. So um, I'll let y'all keep 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 your trade secrets. But until then, until I'm proven wrong, which I am often, um, I'm, I'm just going to blindfully believe that it is Jordan Hudson. 
<laughs> okay, sure. Do it. Be my guest. <laughs> so let's let's move on to, to tight ends. Yeah. So the big to the big hands that can also block, hopefully. Sure. I'm ready for on a computer to tell me a name because I don't have any of them. I have no idea. Uh, do you need one, honestly, in this class? No. Nope. I, I sure thought Jason would. Llewellyn was probably one of the better guys. I really did like his film. I was excited about the potential of him being at Texas. But I mean, when you look at what they did with, with tech, what OU did with Austin Stogner and, and what they've done with uh, what they had, you know, with uh, Andrews and, and even Cal, uh, Calcaterra, you, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, look at what Texas did with Wiley, right? They, they put Wiley to the side instead of using him. Obviously that was the last staff and the, this staff can say that, but the OU staff already has, you know, proof that, Hey, this is how we can use you. And this is the body you have. It's similar to these guys we already have on our roster. You know, we have a plan for you and it, it made sense to him and sucks for Texas because I really, again, I really liked his film. And I literally told my friends, I was like, I like Llewellyn. I really do. I like his film, which means he's going to OU. And the next day he committed. <laughs> right after Jeff Campbell, uh, Ketchum put in a, uh, uh, crystal ball or whatever the fuck yep. they call it on rivals <laughs> like an hour before. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, that's that's uh that's one of those uh Do you think that do you think that tight end is going to be a uh, uh, you know tough until people start to see what the new tight end shakeout is because you made a really good point where the last staff actually it was a completely neglected position. Brewer. Number 1 we had Brewer who Stone. I don't know if it was um, neglected. I, I mean, he could catch in practice or what? I don't know. But th- we had no tight end usage in in the real game scenarios, except for like one or two key games where it was like, oh man, this is like the tight end. This is the tight end game that we've been missing. And <clears throat> you know that that Steve Sarkeesian and his offense you know, leverages tight ends a whole lot more and a, a whole lot differently than last staff. So is it? just waiting to see what that scheme is for some of these guys that, that are on the fence, or is it that there's just kind of not that much of a need with you know, what we've got currently and, and tight end isn't something that you just need a whole lot of depth. I in. think it's more the second one. I would say the tight end, the tight end position was not neglected in Texas. I don't think they had a very good strategy or understanding of what they wanted at the position, but they definitely got a lot of bodies. I mean, if you look yeah, at the Texas roster, there was a lot of guys on that roster. I mean, even Cade Brewer is coming back. So you have that on top of a five-star, a top, was it? He was number 12 in the nation last year coming in to be your tight end. Now he might end up your Jack, but he wants to be tight end. I mean, Jared Wiley's a, th- a top three round tight end just for my un- untrained eye. I mean, that exactly. Kid, yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just misuse. It's misuse and lack of, you know, training. Um, exactly. I mean, it wasn't that they weren't prioritizing. It's just they they didn't know how to use it. Yeah. And terrible. Uh, you know, hopefully this staff does a better job, and they can balance having Cade Brewer back and Jared Wiley and a five star freshman with a big ego. Right. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But when you look at that three headed monster, and then Jared Wiley pro- might come back next year, if, and then you also have the, the five star freshman. You know, you can take a guy who or wait until a guy pops up in state who may need a little bit more film or may need a little bit more polish on them, but you can wait. You don't, you don't need a tight end. You don't need to get a guy right now. Uh, Jason Llewellyn would have been, Jason Llewellyn would have been great 
he's a he was awesome. I really did again like his film. He's gonna suck playing against him, yeah. but uh, you know you don't need a tight end. Tom right Herman now. would uh, have Malcolm X, Malcolm Epps blocking exclusively <laughs> next year. Like that's a it's yeah it's, it was it was a disservice to the position. But um, speaking of disservices at positions, um, fuck you, Herb Hand. Um, let's talk about good offensive line recruiting. We haven't experienced that in what. 10 years? <laughs> I was going to say four or five. But 10 years? Yeah, it's been a decade. At least Maddox, right? I Maybe before. I have no idea. It's been a while. But we got some names. We haven't had any of them pop yet, but I'm ready for at least, I mean, the three that I think most people have been hearing that are at least, you know, somewhat Texas leans. I mean, obviously the big one, Devin Campbell, who is a heavy Texas lean. Um, Connor Robertson, the Westlake kid. Um, seems like a Texas lean and then Kelvin Banks who, you know, people have been questioning a little more, but a lot of people seem really confident with Kelvin Banks. And, um, I really hope that happens because to me, that's, that's a five-star guard in, in Campbell. That's a three to four-star interior lineman. Um, I think he's probably at least a, a you know, a four-star center, um, in Robertson. And then I think it's a five-star tackle in Banks. I think that kid is, he has all the tools you're looking for. See, I, and I don't know about Banks being a, a tackle. I'd have to see him in person, right? And you know, because I haven't been able to get up to, to Humble or get down to Humble, Texas. I, I wonder if he really is six five. And even then, what I see on film, he looks like a guard, kind of. Yeah. I don't think there's really much tackle depth in the state. I think in, the guys who are labeled tackles are more Kenyan green types who, yeah, like they look like a great tackle in high school, yeah. but at the next level, your best position, your best bet is as guards. It's all that kind wing- of a Denzel Okafor effect, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's that wingspan that you're looking for. You know, it's the difference between Connor Williams and Sam Cosme almost. Um, it's that, it's that, you know, that wingspan being able to, you know, to catch the edge. Um, really, I mean, Banks is the closest I've seen to a tackle personally. Um, that we've really offered because the rest do seem like guards. The, the Cam Dewberry, he's a guard. Um, Ernest Green, obviously a guard, maybe even a center. Um, Hudson, guard, maybe a center. Um, uh, Neto, uh, toss up. And then uh, really the only tackle that I've seen besides Banks is Agbo in California, um, who has limited tape. Um, but he, he obviously has a huge wingspan and I mean, kid was running routes as a tight end in seven on seven, which you just gotta love and supposedly giving good Texas feedback too. So I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, there, if you look at the offers that Texas has given out on offensive line and you look at those out of state's offers, you look at the body types that they're offering. They know what they lack in state, right? They, they lack a, in Alabama, quote unquote, elite Offensive tackle in state, like a, a guy who is just yes, this is a tackle. He has a tackle body. He has the wingspan. He has the length. He has the punch. He has the the feet. He has everything to be a tackle, right? A, a surefire tackle. The like Kelvin makes could prove me wrong and ends up as a tackle. But most of the guys in state, Dewberry, Campbell, Banks, you know, everybody you mentioned as well, they're more of a guard body. So when you're looking at Texas and, and who drops next for Texas, I mean, you're looking good with all those guys, really. I mean, Dewberry, even Banks, those guys, you know, you might not have had a shot with them under Herman. You do now. Campbell, obviously, uh, would be great. I mean, Texas hasn't had a top 10 recruit commit to Texas since Malik. So, wow. Uh, you know, it's been a while. And then, you know, you're in the good spot with Denver Harris and Devin Campbell. So you know, that would be huge for Texas to get Devin Campbell 
but I think can do Barry would be a great pickup, but you know, Roberts Robertson is, again, is, would be great. It's, Texas is a good position for their guards. It's it's finding a tackle is going to be the issue. Yeah, for sure. And I think at this point you got to look out of state. You know, especially you know I think I'm I'm a little higher on Banks as a tackle um, than you are, but at least you know at this point you have to go out of state for a tackle because there aren't any others out there. Even developmental guys, you know, you might be able to find a, a, a Christian Jones or you know an Isaiah Hookfin late that are going to you know have that tackle body. Um, it's always but, the guy who you find late who ends yeah, up blowing up at Texas for some reason. Yeah, the yeah the Cosme, the Hookfins, the Jones. It's it's been you know all in a row at this point. So what's the next position you got, or is that it? For oh us? no, yeah, we got uh some defensive linemen, right? We've got defensive line, linebacker, defensive. Back. Yeah, we got to talk about the defense. We're gonna talk about kickers. yeah, we could yeah we could talk about kickers, but uh, <laughs> I mean defensive line. I mean really the um the uh, defense as a whole. I mean we can kind of touch on pretty quick. Um, defensive line. Um. You're looking at Chris Ross, who looks like he said to announce uh, this month. Um, so I'm hoping Texas still looks good there. Um, I can't imagine it would hurt with with Denver Harris as well. Um, then that uh, the Arizona kid Swanson um, looks like he's you know we're firmly in the mix at that point. But then you're looking at some a bunch of question marks. Um, you know uh, Ernest Cooper. Uh, is looking at Stanford. He's always been looking at Stanford. I think Texas might be in the mix at, as the second, you know. Maybe and I know this is the Surly Horn podcast, but man, if I had a chance to go to Stanford, I would go there. Kind of hard to beat. It is stupid to say no yeah. to Stanford. So hopefully he fails a class and he comes to Texas. So <laughs> you know, he's going to fail Spanish and, 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 oh no, I guess Devontae Lampkin ended up at OU, but, um, you know, just fail a class and come to Texas. Other than that, I mean, uh, Amorie Bohr, he's Duncanville kid. You would expect, you know, if, if we still had Reggie samples on, uh, Reginald stampled on the, uh, staff, we might be looking better there, but it looks like OU, o- Ohio state there. Uh, Bledsoe's looking like SEC a- for a bor SEC. Yeah. Oh, you think I heard Ohio state, Ohio state, no, U. no, I would, I would look SEC there. Yeah. It doesn't shock me. Uh, Bledsoe, I, it uh, looks like right next to A&M. So I'm guessing he's an Aggie. And then West Loke is, I know uh, Clemson offer was big for him. So I'm guessing Clemson's going to be a big player there. Um, but this is where you see what the money you put into Bo Davis does, right? That's This is Bo Davis. He's supposed to be a top-end recruiter, a good developer. This is why you brought in Bo Davis, is, yep. is for situations like this where you know, you're know you not going to get Bear Alexander. You're not going to get Malik Silla. You're not going to, you might not get Omari Abor, or you might, you know, if Bo Davis is worth the money he's worth, you're getting a guy like Abor. If he's worth the money he's worth, you're getting a guy like Dre Bledsoe. You know, it, it's, it's difficult to come in immediately and have that on your shoulders, but that's, that's what you got with, with Bo Davis right now. We'll see how it plays out. Um, you know, we can move on to linebacker. Um, cause really, I mean, defensive line, it is just, let's see how it plays out at this point. You know, I don't think Texas is feeling confident besides, you know, Ross and maybe Swanson, um, and any other guys. So, you know, let's see if we can upset some of these recruitments, but, um, and linebacker, one of my favorite commits in the class, easily my favorite defensive commit in the class, Travell Johnson. Um, that guy is a stud, um, super speed, um, setting up that Arlington Martin pipeline nicely. Um, which, you know, makes me a little more hopeful for Cooper. But, um, you know, there are a couple of big names out there. You know, we got to talk about Perkins. Uh, yeah, I mean, Harold Perkins. I, I'm a little hesitant to be super high on Harold Perkins. Smells like SEC. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to be very, very cautious in everything that he puts out. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, maybe UT, I, I emoji, I emoji. I'm going to be cautious there. I'm, I'm not going to be fully bought into, oh, you know, maybe he's easier to get than we think. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Although I'd love to have, I think he's a great, I think he'd be a great linebacker. I think he would be an immediate fit into PK system. He would fill a lot of holes very fast. But Travell Johnson, again, I do like his athletic ability. I, I like what he brings to the field. He's a guy who you can put up on the line and, and bring on a rush and can fill holes very well. I, I do like what he brings. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I think, again, offensive line, defensive end, your jack position is the, is the issue there. I think linebacker position, uh, you got, oh, what's his name? From California, I can't. I cannot remember this kid's We're name. We're awful at names. Yeah, I am yeah. terrible with names. But something, something. Nui Fe Tua Halamaka. That was good. I'll I'll take that pronunciation right there. Tui Halamaka. Just making that up. Or yeah, that... right. I, I'm just. I was just. I just. I just had a stroke, and I was just <laughs> talking. Out, you know, I was uh, sounded right. <laughs> talking in tongues there, but uh, yeah, Nui Fe Tua Halamaka. Uh, you know, you have Malik Murphy on him. And it'd be nice to bring in a guy of that caliber to Texas. He's certainly, it, it seems like they're in this, they're in that conversation. He also has Stanford on his list, Notre, Notre Dame, Dame, USC. He's a smart kid, obviously. It's going to be a hard sell there, but as long as you're in it, you're in it. I, I it, It's going to be interesting. I, I don't, I want to see spring ball what PK does with his defense here and, and also kind of look at who he really is approaching and i guess it's, it's to a halamaka so look for more guys like that if they can't pull in him more guys with that body type and that that type of that type of athleticism yeah i mean we did you know speaking of athletes ish ish harris we uh, made his top six today um i think we're looking mm-hmm. decent there um he is he was he's labeled as an athlete but um i think he said that uh texas is recruiting him as an outside linebacker so um you know he's more of a twitchy guy than um the polynesian guy um, yeah, but, he's, he'd be more of what you think of when it comes to Big 12 linebackers and where it's going. More overshown than a day away. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, look for a big bruiser as a as safety somewhere in Texas and, and turn him into a, a linebacker. It yep. seems to be working. Yeah. Take, uh, Jacoby take Tyler Matthews. Owens. Yeah. Somebody just like hit, loves to hit people. Tyler Owens. <laughs> Tyler Owens should have been started on his linebacker journey last year last year yep stupid and now he's probably gonna hit the transfer portal because he wants to play safety and it, just a wasted talent when he could just look at demarvion overshone who's gonna be a top three round pick i think um i mean again name who's the guy from the seahawks the legion of boom uh oh uh bart scott <laughs> that's ravens but Did he ever leave the jets <laughs> or jets or dude. no uh cam chancellor cam chancellor took uh, every hard-hitting safety and made their dreams look like a reality when it yeah. was more of a flash in the pan. Simmons. Yeah, I would say look at Cam Chancellor and you see the hard-hitting big safety, and then look at Isaiah Simmons, who went number eight overall uh, to the Cardinals, and say, hey, look, which one do you want to be? Um, sure. Which way is the game moving? Exactly. You know, Do you want to be the guy that can cover that can also hit, or do you want to be the guy that can't cover that can hit? Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. And that's the Jacoby Matthews for me. Um, the, the safety from Louisiana, 
Um, I guess we can get defensive backs now because I don't think there's a lot more going on with linebacker, but um, Jacoby Matthews, it's going to be an absolutely impossible pull. Do I expect it to happen? No, but I think that's a guy that you can be looking for that even if they can't transition to linebacker, they can at least play that that hybrid nickel that Chris Adamora played last year. Jacoby uh Jacoby Matthews, yeah, that's that's not happening. <laughs> no, it's not. It's absolutely but I will say, I will say his coach was coached by Terry Joseph. So there is a little glimmer. There's a line there, but obviously it's, it's Louisiana. I, I'm not gonna say five star. <laughs> he's going to Bama or LSU. Yeah. Uh Florida's supposedly leading leading, so I guess their bag's bigger, but Maybe. Well, so here's the th- here's I, I think you're bringing up a, a, a good point because I think we're we're about to enter and maybe we won't know until after everything shakes out from the summer and and the laws that are going to go in place. But uh, Texas's brand is so much stronger than all of these other schools, and I wonder, I really do wonder if it just starts to turn into well, if you come to Texas, we'll just get you a shoe deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hey, Red <laughs> right. McCone. If you come to Texas, you're just going to get a shirt deal, right? Here's an F-250. If you come to Texas, you're going to get a truck deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, It's I, I do think NLI eventually is going to trend there. I mean, this is Texas on a downswing, and you still see, you know, when, when, when they talk about social media mentions and social media followers, that Texas is still in the top three, four, along with the playoff teams, the Bamas and the Ohio States. So it's, you know, what does Texas look like on an upswing there? And how could we take that, you know, to our advantage where yeah what does texas look like whenever it's not dog shit missing the playoffs every year like just just trade ou seasons for the last four years uh and and then what does texas look like in this recruiting land so and, take and, like, the insufferability just... of the texas boosters now multiply it by a hundred and that's what it looks like i'm ready for it that's half a surly horn i'm ready for it so i mean what yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah, they, they're all the big, all the cigars are just posters on surly horns. That's why we have the best scoop. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Except for the football brainiacs, who apparently actually no shit. have boots on the ground <laughs> everywhere and know everything that happens. Eh, eh. It's it's just it's you know we're just just part of the job, I guess. Six ninety five uh, worth of info, you know. I love yeah. it, but uh, so that's what your six ninety five gets. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to your, your guys in the defensive backfield, I think you're going to go with, you know, an entire backfield of guys. You're going to go with one boundary, one field, one nickel, two corners. You already got one corner. You got a guy who can be either boundary or field. I think honestly you can, again, take Brian Allen to field or boundary because where is JD coffee fit and, right. and where are the guys who were in the class before him fit? Xavier uh, Alfred's gone. He would have been a field side guy, it but sucks. I'm still mad about that one. Let's see. That's the one loss I'm pissed about at this point. I think Alfred would have been starting this year. Yeah. But where, where do you put him? It's, and then who can you get after that? Because the guys in state, like Chase Biddle, guys like that, uh, you know, Landon Hullaby's already gone. Christian driver. Uh, it, you know, who are you going after? After that? It, it's sort of a toss up, but I mean, Bryce Allen, is uh, Bryce Anderson? Sorry, I always get those two guys, Bryce and it's Brian. B A Brian Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> They're both B R Y with so. E at the beginning, and it just it just screws with my head. So Bryce Anderson, I think, is a guy who 
looks like a pretty heavy Texas lean, uh, which is pretty funny because when he committed, decommitted from LSU, all the A&M fans are like, oh, he's going here. All Same I thing agree. with Brian, Brian Allen. You know, a nice, Never nice, another, a nice, nice little uh, shift to the side for the Aggies, but uh, a gig to the side, if you will. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. That's, that's the, uh, that's the type of the that's the humor you can expect from the fourth and five podcast. Yeah, there it is. Or the yeah. Surly, that's, the, that's the humor you can you can expect from the Surly Horns podcast. Am I right, guys? <laughs> no, fuck no. No, we, we don't we, say we gig. We talk about yeah. funnier, funnier stuff than that. <laughs> so we've got to do a way too early. Oh yeah, Denver Harris. Also, that guy's that guy's pretty good. So yeah, he's okay. Cool to, he's cool okay. to get him. Terrence Anyways, Brooks. Sorry. Too. Yeah, I'm not mad about Terrence Brooks either. So no kicker talk today. <laughs> way way too early. Composite rankings. Where does Texas finish? Number one. West? No. Number uh, one. Uh, Bold no fucking breaks. predictions. All gas, all no gas dude. I don't. I don't know what breaks are. We will hold that you to this. That <laughs> word isn't in my dictionary. Uh, <laughs> and you got to drop your Twitter. So if we're not number one, people can just harass you in your DMs. Oh, yeah, it's Will, Will Bazer do it. I get harassed all the time anyways. So so uh, have you seen the, have you seen the new uh, text logo on Surly? The, no. the motto, so to speak? Oh, it's, it's fuck them breaks. Fuck them breaks. <laughs> <laughs> fuck them breaks. <laughs> I took those breaks personally. Yeah, like fuck um, them kids, fuck them breaks. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be hard to beat Ohio State for that number one spot. Or Until we flip yours. Again. Until we flip yours, and then we'll take it. So <laughs> true, true. But uh, you know, even Oklahoma's They're number four right now, right? Number four. Yeah, Texas is number four, right? Yeah, no, they and they have a shot with with two or three more five stars, right? I think they're in the top five at the end of it. It's very, you know, every first year head coach gets that first year head coach bump. Tom Herman got it. Charlie Strong got it. Jimbo Fisher got it. Every every coach. For a big time program, I mean Lincoln Riley even got it. Every coach for that big time program gets that first year bump, and this is Texas has it. Uh, they this is a staff that knows how to recruit, so add that on top of it, you have a lot of momentum going that way. So I definitely think top five is should be the expectation at this point with all the guys that they are leading with or supposedly leading with the guys that they potentially have good ends with or you know are, are fighting for. Obviously Texas AM and Oklahoma who are five and six behind Texas, it's gonna be tough to fight with them this year. Uh, both those guys have things concrete, things to point to after this past year. Now obviously, you know, you're beating Florida and UNC right after they were depleted, but you can still point to that. You can point to the trophies and say, hey, this is this is legit versus Sark, who you don't know what you're getting out of that yet. So National championships. Oh, that's true. That's true, yeah. We, we also have a Heisman. His name is Devontae Smith. I don't know if Texas fans know of him. Never heard of him. And now he, he, he actually is now a Texas Heisman. We're going to put him on the stadium. Devontae Smith. We call him the poor man's Brennan Eagles around these parts. So uh, That's true. That's true. Uh, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting race. Wasn't Joshua Moore all salty about it? Whenever he was yeah. like, stop comparing me. It's like jo- Joshua. His name yeah. is Joshua Moore. Oh, yeah. That's oh, not yeah. Josh anymore, apparently. But he's, uh, yeah, he's stop comparing. Yeah, sorry you I compared you to, to the Heisman winner. Yeah, I fucking hate when people yeah. compare me to Chris Hemsworth and and you know and Brad Pitt. You know, it's it's a, it's it's awful. But you know, I get it all the time. 
You do look like oh, a perfect yeah. yes, mix. Between I would have to say yes. <laughs> uh, but I mean, oh, I love that. Ohio State, again, is going to be hard to, to fight. There's all these teams that are coming into Texas and fighting for Texas talent. Uh, you know, they've already taken two great ones Ohio State have in, you know, Ewers and, and Burton, right? So while Texas does have a lot of momentum, they get the first year bump, they have a staff that knows how to recruit. This is probably the most difficult recruiting landscape Texas has ever found themselves in because not only are the regional programs doing well, but now you have inter, you know, na- you know, national programs that can come into your state more easily through social media and you know the ability to travel more and meet these kids more. You know, you have you have FaceTime and all of that. It's a lot easier to get into the state of Texas than it was even while Mac Brown was here in the waning days of Mac Brown. So this is the most difficult recruiting landscape, again, Texas has ever faced. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with it. And if they can pull a top five class out, which it looks like they, they can, and that's that's amazing. It's going to be building on the, the momentum you have with Steve Sarkeesian. It's going to be winning at least nine games to keep that momentum. Now, do I think that they win more than nine, nine or more games? I mean, of course, all gas, right? Right, guys? Yep. Yeah, we're but, gonna uh, fucking roast you. Show me a loss. <laughs> yeah, show, show me, me a loss. loss. Show me a loss, oh, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it's Texas is a very tough schedule next year. But again, they're going undefeated. But again, it's a tough schedule. But again, they're going undefeated. So undefeated, all gas, no break. Well, you're, I mean, you're thinking about RGB you're thinking three. About RGB three has them uh, losing the Red River Red Red River rivalry game. Yep, Red River then, shootout, sir. But then. Yeah, it is shootout. We have then redemption, in the but Big then redemption in the Big Twelve Championship, and then we go. Okay. We play number one Alabama as number four Texas in the college football playoffs. So that's that's my idea of of, of gas right there. So I'd be cool with that. Let's just get past the Louisiana Raging Cajun first. Why don't we? <laughs> I remember was mad at me when I when I was hyping that game up and saying I'm fucking nervous about it, but mm-hmm. I, I just have I guess PTSD from Maryland. So. The, um, the cockroaches must be stomped. Yeah, but yeah, no, so I'm with you. We'll I'm. I, I think the big thing for Texas in the composite rankings is it's it's being able to sell hope again. Um, you know, it like you said, it's a new coach bump. It's always happens. It always will. Um, I think you have a little more to point to. Um, with Steve Sarkeesian um, and showing, hey, I had this fucking natty last year. I have this Heisman winner last year. You know, what can I do with you? In you know, in the you know talent rich state of texas versus even tom herman going i mean what did he do in his last year at u of h it was like eight and four or some shit you know where he you know he was brought up like the prodigal son and it turned out he was just not um so i think that there's um there's a lot more to sell there i think the staff around him alone i mean god there's no Derek wareheim on there's no corby fucking meekins at tight end i mean the difference between corby meekins and and jeff banks is worth at least three is at least is worth at least one uh kowski at least yeah (laughs) i mean it's crazy so um i think with this staff i think i think we finish around four i think four if you had you know tell me where the number is we're top five i think it's four um with with the number of five stars alone, you know, um, not just the ones that could commit, but the ones that could potentially turn into, I mean, Jaden blue's not a five star. I think he's going to end a five star Malik Murphy is a five star. He might end up a four star. Um, but Evan Stewart, if you told me he's a five star and the number one rated wide receiver in the class, even above, you know, a guy like Kevin Coleman, um, or especially Caleb Burton, 
Um, I think Stewart's a, a mile better than Burton, by the way. But um, if you told me that he turns into a five star, I'd believe you. So, I mean, when you start adding in these guys that, um, you know, they take these evaluations, they're actually, you know, turn into people that aren't just the BOMC bump um, that they, they turn into some of the, some of these players like, you know, Travell Johnson. I think that kid's a force, you know, at least a mid four star, um, but he's a three star right now. Um, you know, Brian Allen, you know, he's a, if you tell me some of these kids have these huge senior years and turn into five stars, I wouldn't be shocked either. Cause it is, um, you know, it, it's, it's a landscape that we haven't seen before because we haven't had the recruiters in place before. Um, we haven't had the guys, we don't win. We don't win, win a Ruben Owens recruitment. We don't win an Evan and Evan Stewart recruitment would have ended when Tom Herman was retained. He'd be at Alabama. Or, you know, Ohio State or and I don't know, it's somebody, but he's not at Texas. So it's so refreshing just to see these guys that we it's not some of these aren't battles anymore. Jaden Blue was all LSU until LSU shit the bed and it was always Texas. So, um, yeah, give me top four. I, I think we finished top four. Easy. I can see it. I could definitely see that. I think I think uh, I'm going to I'm going to heavily caveat mine. I think uh, a, a New Year's Six bowl appearance is a top five composite ranking, 23 class. I think anything less is um, not even going to be top 10. Wow. No, I would say that's, top that's 10 a lot still. Of breaks. breaks. I would say top 10 still, but definitely not top five. I think it helps you pull in like a New Year's Six bowl or even, even a nine or 10 win season helps you with a guy like, you know, Kelvin Banks or maybe turning Perkins. Abor. Yeah. Uh, you know, turn Abor around or getting into you know, Perk, you know, yeah, Harold Perkins, uh, cementing stuff with Denver Harris. But you know, it, without it, I think you can still maybe get a guy like Denver Harris. Uh, it might be a little harder. You're not getting Perkins, maybe not Banks, definitely not Abor. So it, it turns the tides a lot, right? These days, to get into that top five, you need multiple five stars because a lot of these teams are just it's the the rich are getting richer for sure. Yeah. And I, I definitely see that. I just, I, there's no way with this new coach bump with Jeff Banks and Bo Davis, Stan Drayton, you know, even Andre Coleman has proven himself at this point, you know, and you know, there's, I'm not going to, you know, say anything about bags, but you know, things have been dropped maybe recently, allegedly. Um, no there's no way on earth that, we finished lower than a, than a top seven class. I mean, even if you, I mean, it's so easy to negatively recruit Texas, but it's so easy to dissuade that, you know, if we only win seven, eight games. Um, okay. Well, it was Casey Thompson or Hudson cards first year as a quarterback, you know, next year, look what we're bringing back, you know, that there's an immediate sell right there. You know, there's the, we'll have to see how the season plays out. If we go fucking, you know, Charlie strong in this bitch, it's going to be a problem, but <laughs> we just have to put in place. I mean, if we go Charlie oh. Strong in this bitch, it's going to be bad. But until then, I mean, Steve Sarkeesian. Is, if we go, if we go Charlie Strong in this bitch, I, I really horse podcast will no longer. I am going to decommit. <laughs> yeah, we will decommit, and I mean, I already decommitted from the Texans. I can't do it again with Texas Longhorns. So, <laughs> so I'm through this shit through thick and thin. Um, either way. Uh, I can't see us doing that just between the quality of the, of the coaches that we have and the talent we have. So I think a top seven class is inevitable. Um, anything less than five, I'll, I'll honestly be a little disappointed. Cool. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Well, on a computer, it was awesome having you 
or 35 dimes. Should we call them 35 dimes? <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all completely missed the big story here. Yeah, yeah, we got we got a one chance to talk about a sock account. We got to we got to bring up just so. Do you st- are you still active on the thirty five dimes account, or uh, has he, since EJ Holland called you out, or is it is it all done now? I mean, I, no, I mean, I was I was never really super active on thirty five dimes. I would use it when I was like I wanted to say something that I knew I couldn't say <laughs> your name my on. actual name. I was like I want some anonymity, whatever, however you say that you know, on the internet, but you know, I guess I ruined my chance at having any of that. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I, I wanted to have some of it. I ruined it, but uh, hey. yeah, I'll, I'll now use 35 dimes because it's such a great, it was such a great name, especially with, uh, with the uh, three fitty. <laughs> yeah. Three, three fitty. And especially playing off the joke with black lab, you, you know, Saying he would sell it for three fifty, you know, three dollars and fifty cents at the Saggy Bevo, right? All of that, right? I thought that was such a great account name, and as soon as that happened, I was so sad. That was not so much sad, like oh no, you know, EJ Holland might be upset with me. Oh no, hey, I was EJ more Holland. like, oh no, I lost this account. This account name was amazing. Fuck. <laughs> um, we that, that's what I was more it. upset about there. You should just reinstate it on a computer co- turns into 35 dimes. I think that, I think that needs to happen. Cause also you weren't wrong. EJ Holland, you are. A dude. I, just, I just did it. I just did it. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> did you, did you change on a computer to 35 dimes? No, no, I didn't, but I can't. Okay. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> but what were you saying? Oh, EJ Holland, you're a douchebag who wore um, a hat to his wedding. So, um, Come on the pod. I would love to just absolutely roast the shit out of EJ Holland and his fucking weird streetwear sweaters and his shoe tags and his just his beautiful wife, I guess, who is going to be a doctor who somehow settled. I don't know what kind of fucking mind control he has, but either way, um, you're a douchebag. Come on the podcast. I would love to just tear you apart. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I mean, EJ, you are a pleasure to work with when I worked with you. Uh, there we go I, yeah, I, we miss you, I miss you so much in the texas market i know that the fans at notre dame really enjoyed your stuff while you were there okay. and i know that the people of michigan and the other writers at michigan really do enjoy having you there i've seen it myself uh in their articles uh so you know i wish you nothing but the best ej you're also a douche <laughs> thanks uh will coming on man uh it was great um yeah thanks for talking about recruiting again um the football brainiacs you know subscribe they're not any fivers but they're good with us um and then make sure you subscribe rate five stars uh the fourth and five podcast with uh my boy will and uh darius terrell there it's it's the best uh podcast out there besides surly horns obviously so um, make sure you subscribe rate five stars uh they're great guys so and yeah give them a follow on twitter um yep. if you want to shout out your twitter oh uh will Bazer w-i-l-l-b-a-i-z-e-r go ahead and follow us there yeah yep absolutely hook them will hook them hook them <laughs>